0: So the Gen 3 season has finally began, and uh, how did it go after round one? Well, we're about to find out. This is the thrifty Newcastle 500 debrief. It was a crazy season opener for the Dunlop series, uh, filled with carnage and upset, as well as celebrations for some. Now, similar to the main game, the Dunlop series um, have also experienced a lot of new things this year. Um, some fresh faces have joined the category. Um, cars are fresh from the Supercars paddock from last year and have been reinvigorated as Super 2 machines um, with the ZB Commodore and the Mustang. And then Super 3, they're now using the cars that were previously used in Super 2, which is the VF and the Nissan Altima. And what a crazy track to start it all here at Newcastle. It's beyond bumpy. It's basically the Monaco of supercars. So basically, it's a birth by fire, or trial by fire, as they say. Now, in order to compete in the main game, you have to prove yourself and take risks. And let me tell you, drivers this weekend definitely made sure they had a crack and to prove that they deserve to be in the main game. Now, unfortunately, both races this weekend were shortened due to crashes um, and time certain. Uh, Saturday's race started fairly cleanly with um, Jack Perkins uh, passing Cooper Murray uh, to lead the race. Of course, Cooper Murray actually managed to get pole position for that one. Uh, unfortunately, young Nash Morris... Um, experienced a severe left front suspension failure, um, which unfortunately ended his day quite early on in the race. Uh, Cooper Murray was finally able to pass the experienced Jack Perkins for the lead at the end of lap six and was able to lead till the end. However, the safety car was brought out the following lap as, um, Jason Gomesall in Super 3 found the barriers at turn seven. Um... And then, unfortunately, Aaron Love uh, wasn't able to react in time and ended up joining him there. Uh, but he would have been able to get out if it wasn't for Jordan Sinney, who also had trouble um, <laughs> with Turn 7 and had, didn't react in time and unfortunately rammed into the back of Aaron Love. Unfortunately, we only saw eight laps worth of green flag running due to this and to time certain. However, fortunately for Cooper, he was able to win with these under the safety car conditions, which was his first in Super 2 as well as this being his debut um, round. Now we're just going to have a quick look at the results. So uh, obviously Cooper Murray has uh, takes the win for race one followed by Jack Perkins for Erebus Motorsport and then Zach Best rounding up the top three now of course Zach Best isn't with Tickford this year he's with Anderson Motorsport however he is co-driving for Tickford uh, later in the year. Um, Kai Allen of course a uh, Super 3 driver who well he used to be in Super 3 he almost won the series last year however he did have a incident on the last race which was tragic but he's a great driver and also quick shout out to kai allen because he's had a broken collarbone not too long ago and had surgery before the race so basically he's showing his inner gisbergen that's what i like to say so great work for him amazing effort to not only race this crazy circuit but to also come home with a good result Jay Hansen in fifth. Uh, Brad Vaughan, the Super 3 champ from last year, uh, come home in sixth for Tickford. Then Matt Charter in seventh. Wood in eighth, the Walkinshaw Andretti United car. Robotham in ninth. And then Cameron Crick rounding up the top ten. And then heading up down to the 11th, we've got Zach Bates, who's in the other Walkinshaw car. Uh, Lockie Dalton Aaron Seaton, uh, Zane Morrison fourteenth, uh, and then we start heading to the Super Three um, part. So Cameron McLeod won Super Three that day. However, he actually the next day he actually um, lost that win due to a bump he gave to Job Stewart, who actually technically is the winner for that race. Um, Cameron McLeod ended up finishing fifth. In the Super 3 category. So technically, Job Stewart, who was after him, has won. Uh, and then, I guess, second place is Matthew McCutcheon. Uh, and then Jet Johnson in third. <clears throat> so he's thanks to that, he's been able to get a podium uh, in his rookie, rookie uh, round, which is amazing. Good work by him. And then another rookie who's done really well, Mason Kelly. Now, they both have had some dramas in qualifying. Um, but it's good to see them do well in the race. Well, technically it wasn't a race, but um, they managed to bring it home in one piece. Uh, Ryan Gilroy, it comes home in 20th place overall. And then Aaron Love, Chris Smirden, uh Callum Walker in 23rd. 24th was Ellie Morrow, the other Tickford driver. Now, he, she had actually um, had a spin uh, a turn... Turn eight, I believe, uh, or turn six, uh, and she struggled to get it into reverse. It seems like the Tickford guys have had trouble getting the car into reverse, um, but she managed to get underway without any issues. Um, James Masterton in twenty fifth, 26th, uh, Policina, the only VE Commodore um, in the field. Uh, and then cha- uh, 27th was Jason Gomesall, uh finishes two laps down, Jordan Sinney, and then Nash Morris, rounding up the 29. So that's your Saturday um, action, Uh, but unfortunately, similar to Saturday, Sunday didn't have a lot of racing due to more carnage at Turn 7. So the start of the race was a bit chaotic this time around, with Ryan Wood, um, who is uh, Walkinshaw's driver he managed to get pole position for the race a first time ever for him and for walking and ready united uh, but unfortunately he got a poor start off the line which gifted zach best the lead into turn one uh matt charter locked the front and just did a massive dive bomb into turn one however he managed to pull it off fairly cleanly they did go three wide uh aaron love himself and ryan wood there was a bit of contact but they all got away fairly well The race then began to calm down a bit as Zach began to create a gap on Aaron Love, who had a much better day than Saturday. It was a disaster of a day for him. He he basically ended up getting 50 seconds worth of penalties on Saturday, not because he was involved in so many incidents with qualifying and race. It's not the best way to start your season. But Sunday was a much better day for him. Lap six is where the race technically ended, as the safety car was brought out once again after a massive pile-up at turn seven. However, this time around, roughly six to eight cars were involved or affected, uh, which also ultimately ended the day for Perkins, Wood, and Morse, I believe. I'm pretty sure there were more, but I'm pretty sure they were the ones that couldn't go back out. As the drivers went into turn seven... um, ryan wood actually lost control of his rear and slid into the barrier but uh that actually resulted in a constantina effect because all the cars were behind him and it was close um all together and it, it had it caused huge damage uh to jack perkins car who was right behind him at the time which resulted in significant front end damage uh especially to the radiator he did try to get it back out. He went to the pit lane and tried to get it out just to get some points, even though, you know, he was under safety car. If he was still were to continue on track, it, he would have got some points. But unfortunately, uh, he was leaking some coolant liquid. So uh, it's best to park it, which they did, which is a shame for them because they've done very well this weekend. Jack Perkins was basically in the top three or five uh, all weekend um so it's a bit disappointing to see that happen but it is what it is that's just racing i'm sure he will bounce back for perth uh luckily though in saying that all the super three cars were able to evade all that carnage and resulted in um some ending up in the top 10 overall which is which is amazing so good work for them um again Due to time certain, though, uh, the race did actually end under safety car conditions, which gifted Zach Best the win for Sunday, which is also Anderson Motorsports' first win in the Dunlop series. Now we're just going to have a look at um, the results for the race. So Zach Best uh, took the win for that one under safety car conditions, as I said. Uh, Love in second. Uh, Matt Charter comes home in third. Brilliant work by him. Of course, he did really well with Adelaide. He is yet to win a Super 2 race. Uh, but he is determined to make, it, make 2023 his year. And I would love to see him do well. Um, Hanson in fourth. And then Cooper Murray, yesterday's winner, rounds up the top five. And then sixth uh, is Kai Allen, Aaron Seaton. And then eighth is a Super 3 winner. Uh, Cameron McLeod, um, and then followed by Job Stewart. So similar to yesterday, except because he didn't get no penalties, he was actually able to win the race. Uh, Gilry in 10th, uh, 11th, uh, Jordan Sinney, 12th was Johnson, 13th was Kelly, uh, 14th was McCutcheon, uh, 15th was Walker, 16th was Morrow, and then Smearden. Um, Nash Morris finished in 18th A uh, bit disappointing start to his season unfortunately He had a rough rough year last year in Super 2 And it's, it's a shame to see him um, have so many dramas this weekend Not None by like his own fault The only time uh, he actually just made a little mistake in the Sunday race Where he went off I think in that downhill section of the track I think I've turned 11 Turn 12, one of the two, you know, the downhill one. Um, went a little too hot down there. But uh, overall, he's just had no luck, unfortunately. So hopefully he has a better round in Perth. Um, he did really well in Super 3 uh, in 2021. So I'm excited to see what he can do this year with the ZB Commodore. Um, so let's hope he can have more luck. 19th was Mastron. 20th was Jason Gomisol. 21st was uh, Bates, and then 22nd is Robotham, and then here are the non-finishers, Zane Morse in 23rd, 24th Jack Perkins, and then we got uh, Wood in 25th, and unfortunately that's actually all I got for now in terms of result, but uh, yeah, everyone crashed. But um, yeah, that's uh, basically it, really, for the weekend. Of course, next uh, the next event will be heading to uh, Perth. Um, so I'm curious to see how they go there. But that's not for a few for a little while now. Um, they have a little bit of a break, I think, a month or so. So um, I guess they'll get prepping and practicing, and ready to go again. Well. Gen 3 is finally here after many, many years of waiting, preparing, building, etc. It's finally here and um, what an interesting uh, start. Um, to be honest, I'm going to straight off say it, it was a bit disappointing to be honest. Um, it, was, it was a bit, there was a lot to talk about from this weekend. Um, so how I'm going to structure this is I'm going to talk about Saturday, uh, then talk about Sunday, Um, And then I'm actually going to give my thoughts on how Gen 3 went this weekend, my opinion on it. And then if you know or have you seen the news, there's a lot going on regarding Shane Van Gisbergen and the Supercars media. Um, I'll get into that afterwards as well and have my take on that. Um, But let's just get straight into Saturday. Um, So I'm not even going to mention about Friday. I'll quickly, you know what, why not? I'll quickly mention it um it was literally just practice we had three sessions three 45 minute session um and it it, it was interesting it wasn't a lot you know there wasn't a lot to talk about um we didn't really get much of a form guide of course saturday is when we when the drivers really properly had a crack the only thing to take away from friday was um the heating in the car um I think shane van gisbergen specifically complained about how hot it is in the car it's so much hotter than the gen 2 cars um so what supercars did uh for this for the rest of the weekend they actually allowed teams to um uh, create ways on keeping the interior uh cooler um and uh, I think I'm, I might as well get into this now. Um, I don't know if they did this in response to Friday or they did it prior, um, but Triple Eight, um, they decided to place their dry ice cool box on the right-hand side, uh, so the driver's side, um, which was a big no-no. Um, if you ask Mark Dutton, he was saying on the broadcast that... Um, Adrian Burge, basic Adrian Burgess, basically gave the o, aok. Like he complimented the idea, but he never really said no to it. Um, but also, he never really gave approval as well. So, in technically, in a way, Triple Eight uh, went ahead and had it on the right hand side um, without uh, technically, you know, getting approval. And ultimately, um, they were actually disqualified from the Saturday race. Um, but because uh, in regulations uh, it states that the ice box needs to be on the left hand side uh, on b- mounted onto the passenger seat um, which they failed to do Sunday they did but unfortunately Saturday they didn't um, it wasn't about performance advantage or anything like that it was more of a safety issue as I'm pretty sure as basically the right hand side is Anything there is meant to be just basically a crash box in a way. So, And they actually had a really fantastic Saturday race as well. And so uh, they actually ultimately got a 1-2 and unfortunately they were disqualified from it. And I'll get into the results a little bit after. Um, But uh, besides from that, Saturday it was... It was, I'm going to be honest, it was quite underwhelming, especially the race. Uh, qualifying, though, was incredible. It was probably one of the best top 10 shootouts we've ever seen in a long time. Um, just having a quick look here. Basically, um, it, it, the, the gap was just insane. Uh, I think from uh, 1 to 5th, the gap was about, uh, or 1 to 4 even, it was... Um, 0, uh, f- what, 5,000th of a second, which was nuts. It was insane. One after the other, it just kept on happening. But ultimately, Brody Kistecki ended up being the fastest uh, ahead of Cam Waters and then Brock Feeney in third. Um, quick shout-out to actually Tim Slade, who actually made it into the shootout for the first time for Nulon Racing or Premier Higher Racing in fourth. Um, so, and James Golding as well in 10th as well. So that was a, it was pretty surprising actually to see them, um, do so well. They actually did quite well this weekend. Um, however, in the race, unfortunately on Saturday, they had a lot of dramas, uh, in regards to pits. Um, but the race itself, I wouldn't call it racing. Uh, there was barely any on track racing. Um, if any, uh, it was more of a giant pitch strategy race so whoever had the best strategy and whoever can manage their tires better um would be the winner um of course uh this weekend uh they actually used the soft compound um which it was very the tyre wear was quite awful um because of the new cars with less downforce they're more taily they're harder to drive which means it puts more load onto the tire and just you know just wears it out quicker than it would from compared to last year's car um, so it was all about whoever can manage it was all about managing tires basically and racing to a number which is quite often what it usually is but um, in my opinion this track just didn't really it wasn't really exciting. Uh, the cars were too wide for this track to, and there wasn't many overtaking opportunities uh, every time you would think Shane van Gisbergen would pass cam waters um, cam waters would block down the inside and you know that wouldn't happen um, he eventually did get past him but uh, it did take a while though um, but in saying that uh, as I did mention before not that no racing basically happened it was a bit boring I must admit but um, but Shane Van Gisbergen ultimately crossed the line first. Um, at the start of the race, he looked like um, he was quite slow for a while there. But, you know, already you could already tell that he was just managing his tyres. Uh, he actually had a quite, quite a long stint. I believe 30-odd laps or so uh, in both races. Um, he actually had quite long stints. Uh, he just... He just managed to manage. Um, he just managed his tires so much better than everyone else on the track, and uh, which ultimately led to his domination in race one. He managed to cross the line first, as I said, uh, followed by his teammate Brock Feeney. However, um, they also they did end up getting disqualified due to that ice box issue. And at the current time of this recording, they did appeal, um, but. I don't know whether that's actually, um, you know, been approved or declined yet. Um, I'll find probably find out later in the week. But for now, they have been disqualified. So I'm going to run through the race results real quick. Um, so because of that, uh, Cameron Waters actually uh, were the winners, were the, was the winner, um, was the first ever Gen 3 winner. Uh, Mustang were the first ever winners, and ultimately he actually started. He led the championship on Sunday, um, so he had the famous orange sticker. Followed by uh, in second place was Chaz Mostert in Walkinshaw's um, Mustang, the first time out in that in that Mustang. Um, so pretty decent start for them. Uh, another decent start was for Brody Kistecki, who actually led. He had a br- very fast car in qualifying. He top, top qualifying, topped the shootout. Um, he led a big. He led the first half of the race, but he he just didn't. The car didn't have the pace to to hold that win. Especially when it came to Shane Van Gisbergen, But it's nice to see them get a trophy at the end of the day. Will Brown, his teammate, came home in fourth. So a very solid day for the um, Coca-Cola Racing by Erebus squad. Um, that's what they're called now. Brilliant looking car, though. It's incredible looking. Love the livery. Um... Just the cars in general this year, just fantastic. Um, another fantastic car. And one of my predictions, Andre Heimgarten. I did say he would do well this weekend, and he definitely did. He was definitely up there in practice on Friday, qualifying as well. Um, even He even made it to the shootout. Uh, so to come home in fifth is a pretty solid run for the BJR crew. Mark Winterbottom was also another one that I said that would do fairly well this weekend. He definitely did coming home in sixth position. Seventh was his teammate, Scott Scotty Pye, uh, in the Hino Team 18 mobile. Uh, eighth was James Courtney, and ninth was Jack LeBrock, and then rounding up the top ten was David Reynolds in the Pennite Racing. Now, he... Well, I forgot to mention Will Brown, though, as well, but as well as him, David Reynolds struggled massively, um, with temp, uh, with body temp. Uh, he was exhausted. Uh, he looked as red as the Coca-Cola cars. It was, he, and he actually said uh, he was actually afraid of the race on Sunday and well, he did quite well that Sunday. So, um, but Saturday he just struggled massively. So to come home in 10th, a really good result by him. Now, 11th, Will Davison, um, Shell V Power Racing, uh, uh, they were nowhere, um, they, it was very disappointing weekend for both him and Anton, uh, even Sunday I'll get into that as well, but Saturday specifically, shocking qualifying, he started, well he started where he finished pretty much, um, they were a bit, they just weren't any, they were nowhere this weekend unfortunately, um. Now, Scaifey and others have mentioned that uh, because they spent a lot of time designing the Mustang for everyone, um, they had to split their resources between that and actually designing their own car, but I don't know if that's a fair excuse. I know it's a lot of work, but you can see, for example, Triple Eight, they designed the Camaro, but yet they were able to do so well this weekend, Um, but... uh, I just hope this is just a one-off. I hope we can see them doing well, especially at the GP. But very again, very disappointing weekend from them overall. Twelfth uh, was Matt Payne. Um, his debut drive, he managed to finish um, fairly well, actually. stayed out of trouble, started twenty-second, um, so to climb his way to four uh, to twelfth isn't a bad result for him um 13th was declan fraser another rookie um of course he won the super two title last year um i was actually quite proud of his his his, um driving saturday kept off the wall stayed out of trouble started 24th and climbed his way to 13th so you know nothing to be ashamed of he did really well um so good work by the young tickford driver following behind him in 14th was um todd Hazelwood, um his first race for the cool drive entry um he did all right i, I didn't see much of him unfortunately he did start 20 started 20th so he did all right to move up a few positions then after him was thomas randall um in 15th uh not bad result he did actually have a drama in pit lane he actually received i think a 15 second penalty or five second one of the two um for contact in the pit lane uh, so when he went to exit after his stop he made contact i think with mark winterbottom um so he quickly moved to the left and then move as he went to move to the right back into this fast lane he actually made contact with one of the truck assist cars So, that's just unfortunate. It's hard to see out of these Gen 3 cars. Um, So, he wouldn't have seen them coming. I don't don't know. I haven't seen any interviews about it. But from what I gathered, it was just a silly mistake. Um, It's probably very easy to do. So, unfortunate for him. Uh, Then, 16th was Bryce Fullwood. Uh, nineteenth. Uh, not nineteenth. Sorry, um, seventeenth was Anton Di Pasquale. Again, similar to Will Davidson. Just a disappointing day for them. Pace was nowhere. He had some dramas. He actually. Um, I forgot to mention Hazelwood. He actually got spun around by Todd. Um, I think turn seven. Um, or turn eight. One of the two. Um, he got he, he got uh spun around um so that's just you know nail in the coffin as as they say so b- disappointing day for him 18th position was james golding another very disappointing day um uh, disappointing result for not only him but also his team uh it had nothing to do with his driving he drove beautifully uh on the saturday um however he just had some car either car dramas or pit dramas Um, which ultimately uh, ruined his run. Um, 19th place was uh, Macaulay Jones in the Pizza Hut entry. Um, Then it was rookie Cameron Hill in the truck assist. Uh, 23rd, not 23rd, 21st was Jack Smith. Uh, Then it was Tim Slade rounding up the finishes. And then in last place... Uh, was Nick Perkett, who unfortunately retired, I believe, due to a brake master cylinder failure or issue, a major brake issue, which ultimately ended his run. And then technically after him was Shane Van Gisbergen and and Brock Feeney, who were, as I said, disqualified. So that was all from the Saturday. Sunday uh, was actually a bit more exciting this time around for the race. Um... Qualifying real quick, Uh, David Reynolds did a a fantastic um, job in not only topping qualifying, but also topping the shootout. Um, It was a bit of a gap this time around. Um, It it wasn't as close as Saturday, but David Reynolds was able to pinch it. Chas Moster actually led majority of of the top 10 shootout until David Reynolds came along and destroyed him. Quick shout-out to James Golding, who qualified third uh which was incredible so he started on the second row Um, that cars just looked very quick this weekend and i am so happy to say that and i was also not really expecting them to do this well to be honest Um, so i cannot wait to see how they go um this year um so um the sunday race it was actually as i said more exciting than the saturday race it was actually some racing um, this time around, however, we did get off to a dodgy start uh, It did seem like everyone got off to a good start David Reynolds had an average start He uh, will spun uh, in second gear Which ultimately gave Chas Mostert the lead into Turn 1 um, But then the race was actually ultimately red flagged um, On the first lap because uh, at, at the back of the grid there was actually a collision uh, with uh, Macaulay Jones and Declan Fraser, um, they made contact on the straight and De- Declan was spun around, was spun into the pit barrier, which uh, the red flag was brought out because of the barrier actually moved back a bit. So they had to fix that. Um, but, oh, that also reminds me of a very disappointing day for Tickford. Um uh, before the race, not only did Declan Fraser get out, retire from the first, after the first lap, they also were down a driver, I can't believe I forgot this, I'm sorry, but James Courtney um, crashed out into the shootout um, on his lap. He made contact with the inside turn barrier at turn, uh, turn six and broke the steering and just went straight into the wall and unfortunately they weren't able to repair him in time for the race it was quite significant front end damage and this is well this is technically the first proper crash gen 3 has experienced well it is actually the first crash we've seen in gen 3 so teams had also learning about how much um, damage they they take and also how to repair the car and unfortunately they didn't quite get there in time um, uh, I, I don't know if supplies were an issue as well, because I know that was an issue this weekend, how supplies, um, they didn't have, like, no team, it, there wasn't a single team that had enough supplies, pretty much, um, they, there was a massive shortage, but yeah, very disappointing not to even get to start the race after making it into the shootout, uh, and the car looks amazing too, uh, it looks, not now, it looks quite average, um, but beforehand with the snowy river caravan snowy rivers uh livery looks incredible with it anyway back to the race uh so yeah declan fraser unfortunately retired on the lap one uh also had uh front end damage um as well mccall jones was able to get back out no harm done there but uh once the racing got underway it was it was quite exciting it was another um fuel tire strategy race again um, except it was quite interesting this time around. Shane Van Gisbergen, I think he started fifth or something. He managed to climb his way to first, um, all because of his strategy. He managed to jump most of the drivers with his... He had a long mid-stint on his tyres. He just managed his tyres better. Um, and ultimately he actually managed to win the race ahead of Chas Moster after a, uh, an epic battle, um... With uh, he also did a cheeky dive, a cheeky overtake on Chaz, um, which in my opinion, uh, I also I'm sorry if you know this is just sort of out of place, out of order. But I'm just going with the flow, and I hope. And if you do like this, you know, let me know. But it's better than reading a piece of paper. Anyway, sorry, don't know why I said that. But back into what I was talking about. Um, heading into turn nine, Shane van Gisbergen. Made a little bit of contact on Chaz. He was on the outside, and he managed to. He did a. It wasn't a bump and run, um, oh, but it was at the same time. That's the controversial part about it. Is he did make contact, and he did go down the. Ultimately, did go down the inside of Chaz, um, as he ran wide. Chaz ran wide, probably due to the contact. Um. Well, definitely due to the contact. But I guess supercars have considered that as an okay thing. Now, in my opinion, yeah, it was a bit cheeky. It was um, a bit of a Shane move. Uh, but he did, you know, that's he did get the job done. In my opinion, he was going to get him anyway, uh, especially probably at turn eleven. So if he waited just a little bit, he probably had no, no problem getting past him. His tire, he was his um, tires were eighteen or twelve laps. Younger than Chaz's so ultimately he would have just Easily breezed past him at one point at some point. So in my opinion, he should have just held off but Shane being Shane he decided he went for it and that's the thing with racing uh, I am giving him credit for it. You know, you got to go for it sometimes and that's what makes it exciting but all is well for that part and um, Uh, There was a few little dramas. Todd Hazelwood was spun around by Thomas Randall. Uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, Cameron Waters, um, he had a disappointing day. Uh, Well, Tickford in general, like I said. He was chasing Chas Mostert down for the win uh, for the majority of the race, um, but accidentally clipped uh, the inside wall at Turn 6. I want to say turn six, but I, no, turn nine. Sorry, and just damaged um, his left steering arm uh, severely, which ultimately ruined his day, and he was instantly out of contention from that point. But he was, he actually was lucky not to hit the outside wall um, and cause more damage that um, there or cause more damage that there already is. Um, so he did well to uh to to save that one. But uh, let's, without further ado, let's just get straight through into the results. Um, so Shane Van Gisbergen um, was able to actually win this race and keep it at this stage. Um, so after starting fifth and having an amazing uh, drive to conserve those tyres and just, you know, he just drove really well today. Uh, or oh, Sunday, Um so come home in first. I honestly thought Chaz was going to win. Um, I wasn't expecting Shane to come, but he just he you, he was like a he was like um, Bullet Bill in Mario Kart. You know, you could you know they're coming. You know, but uh, Chaz Mostert finished second behind him. It was also a time certain finish. I forgot to mention as well. Um, and then David Reynolds rounding up the top three. Um, so pretty solid day for Dave, especially after yesterday's. In, uh, not i keep saying yesterday's after saturday's tough uh race where he became a tomato good recovery for sunday james golding finally had a fantastic result for newlon racing after a disappointing end to to saturday they were able to to rectify it with a fourth place finish just outside the podium um on the Sunday. No doubt I reckon he will get a podium this year. Um definitely not who I was expecting to get a podium especially okay, so I knew Golding was fast last year, but I was not expecting him to get a podium especially, you know, after round one, but uh or sorry, be up there after round one. But uh after this weekend I reckon he hasn't no, he'll have no problem getting a podium sometime this year. Um, Brock Feeney comes home in fifth position for Triple Eight. Brody Kostecki, he had a bit of a disappointing qualifying session on the Sunday, um, considering he was the fastest in Friday practice as well as Saturday qualifying. He, unfortunately, I think qualified 15th. Um, He just, I'm not too sure what happened or anything. I, I don't know if he just didn't have pace, but... Either way, he managed to recover to sixth, um, so that's a pretty solid result. They do have a fast car underneath them, Kostecki and Brown. Um, so I'm hoping, and I'm looking, and I'm expecting, and looking forward to um, the Erebus guys getting a podium at some point this year. Maybe even a cheeky win. Kostecki is quite handy behind the wheel, and of course, Will Brown scored a win in 2021 at Sydney Motorsport Park. So. They definitely know how to do it. So keep an eye on them this year. I reckon they are in contention for a good result. Another good one is Andre Heimgartner. Uh, Solid result by him. Uh, Solid weekend, really good weekend actually. Uh, Not only did all the BJR cars finish Sunday, uh, to get a top 10 result is, you know, something to be proud about. Um, good to see them up around there, I was expecting him, well actually, you know what, Sunday, I actually made a prediction that Andre would actually end up around 8th, so to finish 7th, you know, I think I predicted pretty well there, 8th um, was Jack LeBrock, 9th uh, was Tim Slade, so again, massive shout out to Premier High Racing, New Lawn Racing, uh, to have both cars finish in the top 10, it's an amazing result, I don't know if it's the car, or their haircut, but they have been exceptionally well this week, this weekend. And then rounding up the top 10 was DeWalt Racing's Mark Winnerbottom, who actually, I believe, had some power steering issue. He was complaining about he only had 20% of the available power steering. Um, I don't know if that actually was true or not. I know he was complaining early on in the race, but he, he drove quite well, considering, if that's the case. Um and showing, uh, his experience. Um, 11th place was Bryce Fullwood. Um, 12th was Cam Waters after a disappointing end, well, technically end to his day. he still finished, but, um, in terms of race performance, considering he was racing in, se- he was in second position, uh, his race ended with that collision with the wall that he had. Um, but to come home in 12th, you know, it's not all bad. Could be worse. Um you know better than nothing still some decent points will brown comes home in 13th place uh, a bit of a disappointing end a disappointing day for him uh, i think he actually ended up getting a bit of a i think penalty for pushing i think cameron hill wide at turn 11 um which was unfortunate but you know that's racing 14th place matty Payne. um another consistent result by him 15th was Todd Hazelwood. He had a bit of a he was actually really good in qualifying. He managed to qualify 9th in the shootout. Um but ultimately actually got spun around by Thomas Randall, who had a bit of an average day. Uh he actually ended up getting a penalty for that. Um I don't know if there was any I don't know if there was damage on Todd's car or not, but he lost a few positions there. Di Pasquale comes home in sixteenth. Sixteenth um, again, another disappointing result. They were they were nowhere as I mentioned before. Seventeenth, Scott Pye. Um, I think he had some drama. I can't remember for the life of me. Um, yeah, but you know, disappointing Sunday for him after a decent Saturday. Eighteenth, Thomas Randall. As I mentioned, he he uh, received that penalty for spinning uh, Todd around. 19th, Will Davison, again, disappointing end to his weekend, uh, which was already horrible as it is. Uh, I don't mean to, you know, dance on their failures, but I don't mean to ramble on about the failure either. I'm just completely shocked, as everyone else is, to be honest. Um, But I reckon they'll bounce back, they'll do their homework, they'll study hard for the Australian Grand Prix, learn from their mistakes and see how the year goes from there. Uh, 20th was um, Jack Smith for um, BJR. Um, 21st was Cameron Hill. Uh, As I said, he was spun around earlier and um, just a disappointing day for him. Um, 22nd, Mackie uh, McCauley-Jones. Um, after that um, incident with Declan Fraser, he was able to still finish and come home in 22nd. Nick Perkett uh, in 23rd position. Um, bit of a very disappointing weekend for per- Perkett while considering how well his teammate did. Um, he was unfortunately nowhere this weekend, and apparently it was more to do with the car as well. Uh, as I said, he had to retire on Saturday, and unfortunately he, must, uh, he, he just wasn't there uh, Sunday. And rounding up the grid was Declan Fraser, who of course um, retired on the first lap, and then his teammate ultimately, James, like James Courtney, never actually took part in the race due to the severe damage so overall um decent weekend decent start to the year um we're just going to have a quick look at the championship standings <coughs> excuse me so after uh the sec- after the two races Chaz most is your championship leader coming out around one um of course last year he actually led round one as well but that's the best he could do hopefully this is a bit different um, I would love to see him fight for the championship with Gizzy or any or even Kisteki or Waters um, this year. Um, so I'm happy to see them do so well, and I'm um, really just a massive shout out to walking Shorts. Their first time basically switching manufacturers um, after being in the GM camp for so so long. Um, to see them do so well with the Mustang as well. Um, is pretty great to see. So massive shout-out to all the boys and girls that work at Walkinshaw and and get that car going. Second is Brody Kistecki, third Cam Waters. Um, So if it wasn't for that crash, you probably would have still be the championship leader. But, you know, it is what it is. Plenty of racing still left this year. Uh, David Reynolds, fourth. Fifth, Andre Heimgartner. Uh, Will Brown in sixth. 7th is Mark Winnebottom, 8th is Jack LeBrock, Ninth is James Golding, and then 10th is Scott Pye. Then 11th, after the dis- disqualification, uh, is Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, Matt Payne, and 12th. 13th is Bryce Forward, 14th, Todd Hazelwood, 15th, Tim Slade, uh, 16th is Will Davison, and 17th is Anton De Pasquale. Again, disappointing weekend. I'm not going to mention that anymore. 18th is Brock Feeney, 19th is Tommy Randall, uh, 20th is James Courtney, 21st Macaulay Jones, and then it was Cameron Hill, Jack Smith, Declan Fraser and Nick Perkat rounding up the standings. Then we're just going to have a look at the teams championship, so Erebus is leading the way after round 1, so that is pretty good motivation I'd suppose to do well next next round. Um, it's great to see them up there. Penrite Racing in second, Team 18 in third. Then it's Walkinshaw and, and Reddy United. Unfortunately, they had dramas with Nick Perkat, so they weren't able to make the most of their weekend. Uh, Tickford Racing it comes home in fifth after a disappointing Sunday. Brad Jones Racing in sixth, and then it's New Lawn Racing, Red Bull Ampole Racing, and then Truck Assist Racing. Shelby Power Racing rounds up the ten. Followed by Castrol or followed by Tickford, which is the Cat which is Tommy Randall and Declan Fraser squad. And then Todd Hazelwood uh Blanchard Racing Team rounding up the twelve. Of course they've they've only got the one car, so it will be difficult for them to get up there in the championship. Um but that is all the action from the Newcastle five hundred. Uh now in my opinion, how did Gen three go this weekend? uh there's a lot of work needs to be done in my opinion in my opinion the cars weren't ready in or aren't ready for racing and you could see that with the supplies being so low um and just seeing when james courtney crashed the fact that they weren't able to get it repaired because they just didn't really understand how to fix the car properly because like i said this was the first time we've seen a crash happen in gen 3 so it was a massive learning massive learning curve for everyone um but unfortunately i'm really hoping that improves there was a lot of pit issues as well especially with the rims um with the tires uh that had a lot of issues with the guns as well and in my opinion, I, I'm i going to be honest, I don't want to, um, sh- like, shit on Newcastle. Uh, it's a fantastic place for racing. It's a beautiful backdrop with, you know, you know, with the beach and the boats and all that. But unfortunately, in terms of Gen 3 cars, it's not a great racetrack for racing. Sure, for going super fast, especially in the qualifying we saw on Saturday, but the racing... The cars are too wide, and there's not many overtaking opportunities for that track. Um, I I like to call it the Monaco, the Monaco of supercars. It's, again, wide cars, small track, little overtaking opportunities, Um, very similar to Formula One. Um, But, however, in saying that, Aussie racing cars were insanely exciting as well as Super 2. However, there was a lot of carnage in both categories, actually. Um, but in terms of supercars, not a huge amount of racing was done. Um, parody wise, um, it's, you can't really make a comment on, on it. Um, I felt like this track suited the Camaro's a bit better than the Mustang in terms of the corners wise. I think the Mustang is actually better on the straights than the Camaro And I say this because, uh, in race one, you could sort of see when Gizzy was chasing waters down, uh, when they're on the straight, heading into turn two, Cameron Waters was able to pull away from Gizzy, um, but, but by the downhill section and the staircase, Gizzy was right up there, ready to pass him at turn eleven. Um, that could have something to do with the fact that Gisbergen is very talented, but uh, the, the Gen three, uh, the Camaro just looks, you know, looks a bit nicer around the corners. Um, But in terms of parody and stuff, we probably won't know until the Australian Grand Prix or Round 4 or Round 5. I don't think this track... I already knew this track wasn't going to be great to determine which car is better. Um, So we'll have to find that out another time. Um, But overall, the cars look fantastic. They sound incredible. Uh, apparently they're harder to drive, which is also something I'll get into in a minute regarding the opinion controversy. Um, but overall it's, it could be worse, but, um, you know, it's a tricky one. It's, it's, there's a lot of work to be done basically, but we're off to a good start. It isn't the best, but I'm sure we can get better from here. Um, if they do one thing. Listen to opinions, and we'll get into that. It's a nice transition. Um, so, if you may, you may or may, may or may not know. Um, I don't know if, especially if you listen to the pe- press conference. Um, Shane van Gisbergen um, the, uh, basically denied every any question um, he was asked at in the press conference on Sunday, and even in the interview um when he parked the car at the end of the race he just said he did all the talking on the track that's all he's going to say um he basically didn't want to talk because according to him he was technically she sh- was basically shut down for giving his honest opinion on the cars on saturday um and even every other every driver even um david reynolds was actually meant he actually mentioned that they aren't allowed to say anything negative, which is just insane, you know. Um, and in my opinion is, uh, and uh, people probably think, you know, Gisbergen's like, oh, he's a bit of a dickhead for um, not talking to the, to the journalists and he's bad for the, considering he's the leader of the champion Club. I'm, I'm going to stop that voice. I'm sorry. But considering he's, you know, the, the icon of supercars at the moment, after winning the championship in a twat two times in a row, um, you know everyone's looking up to him and stuff. And the fact that he is shutting down supercars, like shutting down all media, basically. Um, but in my opinion, he's actually entitled to do that. He already knew people should already know that he's not. He's quite shy. He's a fantastic driver. But he hates. He doesn't like being in the spotlight. He he's actually quite a shy person, um, especially in front of cameras and stuff. So, um, I have no issues with him doing that. Um, especially when finding out, you know, and he even mentioned on socials about uh, opening it up about the. He was trying to be honest about the cars because the truth is they are different. Um, this is the first major change uh supercars have faced since 1992 um so and as david reynolds said he made a really good point they've basically been driving the exact same car or the same blueprint for 10 years and then all of a sudden they've just had to change um like they had insane amount of downforce and then all of a sudden it's taken away from them basically um so it is very different and of course drivers are going to complain um but the problem that's not the issue the issue is I'm, I'm sorry, the issue is actually I'm rambling on, but the main issue is supercars aren't taking in the opinions. They're not even, they're shutting drivers down for actually trying to give them constructive feedback. Uh, what supercars need to do, now, I'm interested outsider. In outsiders. I don't know all the stuff that goes on, but in my opinion, supercar. in order to improve Gen 3, because this is only, you know, the start, you know. We can easily improve the cat, like improve the cars. But they seriously, good opinion, bad opinion, whatever. They need to listen to the drivers. Um, because without the drivers, there is no racing. You know, You know, it's all about the fans and the TV and all that stuff. But in reality, if we didn't have the drivers, we wouldn't have that. You know, so they need to seriously listen to their drivers because at the end of the day, they're the ones actually having to drive these things around for so long and put on a show for the fans. And if they're having, um, if they're struggling massively, um, it's going to affect their way of racing. It's going to affect their enjoyment, and they wouldn't, they don't, if they don't enjoy it. You know, they won't want to be there. So I feel like supercars just need to listen to their drivers. Um, especially Shane van Gisbergen, you know he's a three-time winner, is the lead star at the moment, and he knows his way around a supercar. So they really need to just t- take in the feedback from drivers and don't be afraid of criticism. Um, but uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to get into about that. But uh, that's all I basically have for today's pod um if you do like this feel free to you know hit a like button if you're watching on youtube uh subscribe as well but if you're on spotify uh feel free to hit that follow button as well and uh and let me know on my socials on it you can reach me on instagram at danielleckle 35 um let me know if you have any questions you want me to answer or any feedback because unlike supercars i'm happy to take some feedback uh (laughs) good or bad um, even on YouTube, feel free to leave a comment here and there. But uh, yes, yeah, so uh, next event is, of course, the Australian Grand Prix. Uh, in terms of video-wise, the next one I'll be... Or next pod is um, my F1 debrief. Of course, F1 returns to Jeddah for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Uh, so I'll be doing a debrief for that. And then uh, the following... Uh, fortnight will be the Australian Grand Prix, where we will have both F1 and supercars. So that will be an exciting next few weeks. Um, and of course, I'll be going, hopefully, going to Adelaide uh, Motorsport Festival. So if you're not, if you're going, great. If you're not, I highly recommend you do so. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm rambling on. I'm gonna <laughs> end this pod. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, have a good day, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.